Welcome to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. ISFA exists to serve industry professionals involved in the fabrication of manufactured surfacing materials. With each episode, Behind the Surface inspires fabricators to take their business to the next level. Now with your host, Nancy Bush. and welcome to Installing Profitability Series Workshop, part of the Behind the Surface podcast brought to you by our friends at Baca Systems and ISPA. I'm Nancy Bush, Executive Director of ISPA, and today I'm joined by Eric Tryon, who will be discussing hiring, onboarding, and training. Eric has over two and a half decades of professional success as an entrepreneur and founder of Premier Surfaces, a true friend of our industry. Eric serves on the ISPA board and thanks again, Eric, for sharing your experience to help others in our industry. Um, before we get started, though, I do want to point out that we will be hosting a workshop more in depth on this conversation on March 30th, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. So if you're a member of ISPA or a friend of BACA, be sure to join us for that if you'd like to learn more. With that, go, Eric. Well, thanks, Nance. Love the uh, thank you for the kind intro. Um, so. This topic is an interesting one, one that I'm passionate about, because if you think about it, you think about our industry, right? The equipment is the equipment, the stone is the stone, or the material is the material, ultra compact, whatever it is, solid surface, but it's really the people that become the differentiators, right? That's the drive that will make or break a company. And I, as I think about all the companies that I know in our space, in our industry, I don't know, I tried earlier today to think of one company that's uber successful that doesn't have good people. And I just couldn't, you know, everybody that I know that is striving, the difference they have uh, in their success is the people. Uh, and then when we corral those people and we really harness them and give them, you know, the confidence, support, uh, encouragement, tools, resources to be their best every day, that's where special things happen. You know, whether you're selling your business or whether you're just, it's a family business and you want to make it successful or a lifestyle business, whatever it may be, you know, the ones that are the most successful, it's the people that make the difference. So uh, this is an easy topic to blow off because it sounds so uh, elementary and simple, right? That we just say, you know what? A person is a person is a person. Uh, not so fast, okay? Um, we can't treat a person as everybody is the same. Right, so there's things we can do to really, really stack the deck. So our last um, topic and episode was on, you know, the recruiting part and finding the right people and fishing in the right ponds and making sure that we at least are matching the appropriate skill set to the job that has to be performed. So assuming now we have a good fit, good match, so we define the skills of the job that we're doing, we are absolutely. Uh, partnering or finding the right person with the right skills, and we're going to marry the position to the person with the skills, we should make some magic happen. But this is where you are really going to get it across the finish line and, and generate results. So with that said, uh, the first thing we'll do, and we're going to get a lot deeper in this on uh, March 30th, as Nancy said, with our workshop. So today I'm just giving you very high level uh, kind of bullet points of what we're talking about. But the first thing uh, when we onboard somebody, right? We only have one opportunity to make our first impression, correct? So that means, you know, we got to get really intentional about it. And, and it really drives me crazy when somebody 
has a new employee starting, they, they made the investment to, to interview the person, extend an offer, uh, have the person start, and they stop right there. They don't get intentional about it and define, hey, exactly what is this onboarding process going to look like? And get really, really focused uh, and intentional compared to leaving it to chance, right? So the first thing we want to do with, a, with onboarding um, is we want to create and establish very, very clear expectations, okay? Um, what do we mean by that? How are you successful every day? If the person can't answer, was I successful today? Uh, then that is on the manager, the owner, uh, whoever is the direct supervisor of that person. Uh, and we'll spend some time talking about that. And you know, the other part of this is how is success measured? What is the scoreboard? You know, I always like to spend some time building the appropriate metrics and scoreboards to do the heavy lifting so that a manager doesn't have to continually follow up and tell Nancy, hey, how are you doing compared to the expectation? If we do it right on the front end and the scoreboard is populated every single day, it's gonna tell Nancy exactly how she's doing. It's gonna be red or green. There's gonna be a goal, the actual performance, and then the variance associated with that performance. So uh, spending some time on scoreboards and, and letting the uh, system do some of the heavy lifting. Why? Because we are constantly busy We've got all these fires that are constantly in our face. We don't have time to pause, recognize is somebody hitting the mark or not. So we're going to talk about that. The first thing is establishing clear expectations. I'm a huge, huge fan of what I call a data officer. Everybody, uh, I believe, should have somebody on their staff that their sole responsibility is to populate the dashboard every day. And it sounds crazy, right? But if we don't have the information, we don't know if we're hitting the mark or not. Uh, and I uh, invested quite a bit into our data officer and finding the right person that's gonna put the right systems together to extract the data and put it in a format so that it makes sense to everybody. Uh, and they, they don't require a whole lot of sophistication and in, in interpretation. So on the onboarding itself, right? A planned onboarding process versus reactive drives me crazy uh, somebody goes through the process, hires somebody, and then the person shows up on day one and they're almost catching the company by surprise that they're there. Oh, I forgot you're starting today. And then the mad scramble goes around. Well, we got to clear off a desk for you. We got to find, you know, uh, some tools and resources for you. It doesn't have to be that way. Compared to an environment that's very, very intentional, very well thought out, you know, the person's workstation is here. It's all ready for them. There's a message for them when they get there. All their tools, resources, uniform, employee handbook is all right there. You know, we have parties for our employees when they leave the organization. That's kind of ass backwards to me. Why don't we have a party on day one to celebrate them joining the team? I think it's much more effective. We'll talk about some things that you can do to make that onboarding process really fun, right? So having an employee handbook, they need to know what the rules of engagement are, right? So if we haven't spent time putting that together, then the person's guessing. And what's the likelihood that they're guessing and our expectations are on the same page? You know, it, it's rolling the dice at that point. And I don't like, you know, hope is a strategy that we're going to hit the mark. It's just not good. I'd rather be really intentional and say this, these are the guardrails. This is what's expected of you. Um, you know, having a uh, 
we used to call the University of Premier Services, uh, but a university of your company. What are the expectations? What is your culture about? What's important to you as an organization? The other thing we did with our university system, it was a great resource to train and cross-train people. If I'm a measure tech and I know exactly what the CAD department is going to be doing with my work at the end, now I can really help make their job and life a lot easier because I've sat in that seat. I, 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 I had to do it in the orientation and part of the training. So now I have a much better understanding of what they need. And I think it's important that every position goes one step forward and one step backwards in the, in the process because, you know, uh, the measure tech is getting their instructions from a project manager or a salesperson usually. You know, if the directions aren't clear of where that measure tech is going and it wasn't confirmed and now I'm wasting time driving all over town because it's not an active address, that's a problem, right? So if the project manager or the salesperson understood that, they would much more likely hit the target and give a great body of work to the next person in line. That's our goal all the way through. So the university you know, system can do that. And it's again, taking the time on the front end to do that. It's an investment. Remember the people are gonna be the difference between success and not. Uh, so we need to be willing mentally uh, and, and with our effort and with our resources to commit to doing that. Tracking performance, this is how your performance is gonna be tracked. Very, very important on the onboarding process that people know, okay, how is my performance gonna be measured? What happens if I'm off track? You know, what does the coaching look like? We'll talk about that. There should be, and I'm a huge fan of systematizing everything, right? So even the coaching, an established cadence and rhythm of when coaching is gonna happen, how is it gonna happen? What form is gonna be used? What's my responsibility as the manager? What's the trainee's responsibility? Uh, and how do those two worlds come together? You know, the one thing everybody craves, right, is feedback about themselves. They crave it. That's why social media is so damn popular, right? Like my stuff, like my this, like it's, it's that dopamine that's going off in our mind. We need to hear how we're doing. We want to hear that uh, feedback about ourselves and our performance. So uh, funny how it's the thing that people want the most, yet companies don't do it at all, right? There's no coaching. There's no uh, performance reviews on a regular basis. If you had a one-hour uh, session every single month with a manager and the subordinates, think how valuable that would be. This is what you're doing well. This is what we need to improve upon. This is how I can help you. Just very easy, right? But taking the time to put it together. Um, now we can't do those things if we don't have standard SOPs for each role, right? So people have to understand what that looks like, what's expected of me. Uh, I, I love the exercise of just asking people. Um, and if you think you have a problem or don't have a problem, this is the one test you can do inside your organization to determine or not. What's, this, what's the, my main priority to deliver to the team every day? Ask that question and get the answer because I guarantee you if it's not out in public and you're not talking about it on a regular basis, the manager has a different view probably than the individual employee, right? So we have to be able to answer that, you know, of those expectations are aligned and it's aligned with compensation, et cetera, okay? I'm a huge fan of the training philosophy. We're gonna show you how to do it. I'm gonna do it so you can see it. We're gonna do it together so you really understand and get your hands wet with it. 
And then I'm going to pass the responsibility over to you and you're going to do it. And me as the trainer, mentor, and there's a lot of different ways to divide it up. I'm not going to let go of that person and let them off into their job until I have validation and confidence that they can do the job. And it's my job as a trainer, leader, manager, owner of the business to make sure that I am investing and in giving the person the tools and the resources to be successful every day. Okay. Uh, and then what does that week one onboarding look like? Again, planned versus reactive, right? The workspace is all set. Their uh, team, uh, I love this, and I'll share this in more detail of letting the entire team know who's coming on Monday, right? Putting things up in the office with somebody's actual face. Hey, this is Nancy, and this is what she enjoys doing. You're going to meet her on Monday, you know? So by the time now the person comes to work and all of a sudden they're seeing all this around the office, wait a minute, these, th that's a picture of me right there. Yep, it's been posted here for a week because we want the team to get to know you. You're that important to us, right? Now I've put... Uh, that level of, of um, uh, credibility, uh, care, want up here. And I've shown people that, hey, you are important to our organization and I'm demonstrating by how we have everything set up. We had a, we, we used to call it just, you know, fun facts about Nancy Bush coming on board on Monday, let's get to know her. So by the time she gets there, people really do have a little bit of a, of a blueprint of what Nancy's all about as a person what her hobbies, interests uh, are outside of work. Um, how about a scavenger hunt? We're gonna talk about that. This is a great way to give a new employee a fun way to find out information and get educated about the culture and the company. Uh, and I'll share with you exactly some of the things we had in our scavenger hunt, but it's a great way to kind of put the onus on the person to go find the answers to these things on the scavenger hunt. And as they're doing that, they're gonna be filling in a lot of blanks about the company, about their teammates, uh, and we'll share with you some of that. Uh, grouping new hires together and having you know, a whole group of people starting at once rather than somebody starting every third day, right? So now I can get some economies of scale. You know, I used to meet with every single uh, group, every new employee that came into the organization, I wanted a half a day with them. And that was all the way up until you know, we had 150 uh, employees. I wanted to, that FaceTime uh, with them for a half a day so they could see, hear from me, hear from their manager, hear from the vision of the company, the soul of what was important and how they play the game. And if they're going to fit into our culture, do well, be a high performer, which by the way, that's our expectation. That's why you're here. Uh, we surrounded you, you with all the tools, resources, uh, and team to be the best you can be every day. And we're committed to you you know, it's, it's, it's much different when they, when they can feel that in you. You also have an opportunity to get to know them a little bit. So the onboarding is, is really critical step to setting the tone for this relationship that we hope is going to be a very fruitful one for both parties. So that's what we're going to be talking about, Nancy Bush, on March 30th. And I believe that's 2 p.m. Eastern time. So looking, excited, looking forward to it, as always. Well, I'm sure excited to uh, see you there and learn more about the scavenger hunt. That's for sure. Thanks so much, Eric. And, you know, again, to our series sponsor, Baca Systems. And if you're interested in becoming a member of ISPA, if you're not, and want to attend the workshop, be sure to shoot me a line at nancyadispanow.org. Thanks for listening. 
To hear more in-depth viewpoints, gain actionable insights and powerful tools to help you succeed, subscribe to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. To learn more about ISFA, visit our website at www.isfanow.org.